This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Exodus chapter 5. Go in your Bible to Exodus chapter 5, and we're going to jump right in. Sound good? By the way, we are a loud church. Say yeah. yeah. If y'all saw the leprechaun, say yeah. And um, we're a loud church. And uh, so don't feel the need to be quiet. The quieter service already happened. It was the 10. And uh, so we are at 12 o'clock. It's noon. I'm Mexican. God does not make quiet Mexicans. And so if it gets a little rowdy and the vein pops out, it's because we get excited about God around here, okay? Exodus chapter 5. Now, before I read these verses, let me just explain what we're about to read. The Bible is coming to the second book. We've, we've departed from Genesis. We're in the book of Exodus. Now, God's chosen people, the Israelites, are under, they're under slavery, under tyranny of the Pharaoh, and the Egyptians now have suppressed God's chosen people, the Israelites, for 40 years. In fact, even longer than that, they've been slaves to Pharaoh. And um, God is raising up a deliverer named Moses. Now, let's just learn something about Moses. Moses, uh, when God finds him, he's in the backside of the desert and he's hiding from the Egyptians. The reason being is Moses is an Israelite himself. He's a Hebrew boy and he murders an Egyptian out of anger. He's hiding from the Egyptians who he knows he has to face consequences. Are you thankful today that God does not use perfect people? So God shows up to Moses and speaks to him in a burning bush and says, Moses, I want to use you. I'm raising you up. You need to go back to Egypt. You need to speak to Pharaoh and let him know. Mo, let him know that I want my people. Sorry, that's Urban Dictionary for Moses. Mo, let the people go. Tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites depart from this slavery, depart from this suppressive rule, and let them free so they can come and they can worship me. Watch here, Exodus chapter 5, and watch what the Bible says. It says, Afterward, Moses and Aaron went in and they told Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. Remember, God speaks to Moses, the burning bush, and does all of this, this display of how he's going to use Moses. Moses comes back with his brother and the Lord, Aaron. They come, and they come to Pharaoh, and they go, Pharaoh, um, God says enough is enough. Let, let his people go. Pharaoh's like, no, I'm not going to let him go. But notice the language. He says, God says, let my people go that they may come into the wilderness. This translation says that they may host a feast to me. Another translation says that they may worship me. Another one says that they may know me or serve me. God, God is wanting to set his prisoners free so that they can not just be free alone, but they could be free unto God. I want to preach a message today. And you can write down the title. It's fitting on MLK Weekend. Here's the title of today's message. It's called, Free at Last, Free at Last. Amen. And this is the second installment of our One Thing series. This is the one reason why Zoe Church exists. We exist, we exist so that you can know God, find freedom, discover your purpose on this earth, 
and make a difference in the world. This is, again, last week we talked about knowing God. And this week I want to talk about finding freedom. This is the, why we exist as a community at Zoe. Not just that you would know God alone, but number two, you would also find freedom. Let's pray right now and let's believe that God will speak to us. One more time, let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for our community. Thank you for our church. Thank you for all the good things that you're doing amongst us and in us. We say yes and amen to your will and to your ways. God, thank you that you are for us and not against us. Thank you that you're kind and faithful and compassionate. We receive all your promises and your love and your grace towards us. Help us today to see Jesus. Help us today to understand your mercy. And God, we are praying over the Los Angeles Chargers. God, we know there's massive confusion over the logo. So God, we pray, God, give them some help. But Lord, do bless the Rams with a championship next year in Jesus' name. And we all said together, Come on, Zoe, we're going to have a little bit more faith. Let's put our hands together. We're believing for the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Rams, and that's about it. Amen. Um, I, I, I don't know if you remember growing up, like in elementary school, we used to go out into the playground, and one of my favorite things to play was tetherball. I don't know if you ever played tetherball before. Tetherball is like you got the pole here, you got this long string, and a ball is attached to the string. You would stand on one side, and the opposition, the enemy, would stand on the other side, and you would hit that thing as hard as you can, and hopefully you get that ball to just keep going without them stopping. Anybody here, you remember tetherball? Where the tetherball players at? Anybody used to win at tetherball? There's a big difference between playing and winning. Somebody say amen. So, so we used to play tetherball. I used to love some tetherball. The ball, you hit that thing as hard as you can. You can make that thing whip around, and that ball is not coming off that string. It was just, it was stuck on that thing. I remember one time growing up in, in middle school, my family, every summer growing up in the state of Washington, my family in the summertime, we would always take one week's vacation on the east side of the state to a city called Chelan. We would go to Lake Chelan. And, and when we got older, when we was a little bit grown, we got to that family vacation sweet spot. And the family vacation sweet spot is when you get to start bringing a friend on family vacation. And so my, my little brother got to bring somebody, my sister got to bring somebody, and I would get, it was a big deal who you were gonna choose every summer to come with the family vacation. Well, I remember this one summer in, 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 in middle school, I, I went out and you know, I brought my best friend with me and my sister's got her best friend. We're all there in Lake Chelan and my sister and I were fighting, not major fighting, but sibling rivalry, you know what I'm talking about? So we're fighting with one another and, and, and my mom, she keeps breathing these threats she's like if you guys don't uh, knock it off I'm gonna tie you together for an entire day and you're gonna have to go everywhere each other goes for one day well we didn't take mom seriously and dad was gone how many know you can get away with a lot when mom's just there and so so my mom she was serious we got in trouble so much that she tied us together for an entire day you ever been tied to your sibling? You ever been cuffed? Don't raise your hand if you've been handcuffed. You ever been handcuffed? <laughs> Someone's like, well, absolutely. <laughs> but but we, was, we was handcuffed. We had to go everywhere together for an entire day. I mean, we were stuck together. We were trying to play mini golf. We were trying to go have fun on the bikes. You ever try to ride the bike handcuffed? We just, somebody's like, yes. <laughs> but, but, but we had to go everywhere together handcuffed for a day. I want to preach today about the heart and the passion of our God. We do not serve the God 
of torture and torment. We do not serve the God of bondage and burden. We serve the God of liberty and freedom. It is the heart and the will of God for your life that you would be free and you'd be experiencing the liberty that is in Christ. Anybody thankful today that God doesn't want you to be bound or tethered, but he wants you to be free and enjoying the Zoe abundant life. Oh, come on. You can do a little bit better than that in the 12 p.m. if you believe this about the heart of God. Remember, God did not choose Israel to free them because Israel was so great. God did not look at the Israelites and go like, oh, man, you got a lot going for you. We need to get you out of this slavery. Oh, man, you guys got potential. It was not even about the Israelites that God freed them. God wanted to show how great he was, what he could do, his power, his will. Come on, anybody thankful today that it's not even about our freedom as much as it is about our God and his heart for our lives. I love this about God. And I'm going to give you a few things to write down today to encourage you in your faith when it comes to freedom. Write down number one. I love this about God, that God is passionately committed to your freedom. Oh, I just, I love this truth. It's a reality. God is passionately committed to your freedom. This is a passion of his. He is committed to it. It's one thing to just be passionate about something. It's a whole nother thing to be committed to it. I saw someone say something about this generation. This generation has million dollar dreams with penny-like work ethic. It, is, it, done no, you, it does you no good to have passion but no work ethic. Our God is not just passionate about your freedom. He is committed to your freedom. Let's just watch God for one moment. Again, let's go, let's go Old Testament and let's go New Testament. New Testament is once Jesus comes. Old Testament is before he comes. In the Old Testament, Exodus, which we just read, God raises up a Moses figure, a deliverer to get his people out of bondage. In the New Testament, God raises up a greater and a truer Moses. His name is Jesus. But all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there has never been in the character, the nature, or the heart of God, God's will for you to be bound and broken. No, God wants you to be free. He wants you to have liberty. He wants you to have soul pleasure. God wants you to be at your best. Anybody thankful that it's not the will, the heart, or the nature of God for you to be bound and broken? Now watch this very carefully in Luke chapter 4. Jesus, this is the message translation. Jesus walks up into church on a Sunday. It's the 12 p.m. service. He walks into the 12 p.m. He grabs a scroll that's written about him thousands of years ago by a prophet named Isaiah. He grabs the scroll and he starts reading about the reason why God sent his son. Watch these words on the screen and watch the heart of God of why Jesus came. Listen to what he says. He says, God's spirit is on me. Let me just say this to you today. God's spirit is on you. The same spirit that was on Jesus is the same spirit that is on you. It's not an inferior spirit. It's not an alternative spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. God's spirit is on me. He's chosen me to preach the message of good news to the poor. He sent me to announce pardon to prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set the burden and battered free. To announce, this is God's year to act. 
Oh, let me just, let me pause right there just for one moment. This is God's year to act. Can I tell you what 21 days of prayer and fasting is? This is not 21 days where we are reading our Bible and we're eating celery sticks and going, this is my year. Yo, I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it bigger. Yo, I'm going higher to another level. I'm going to do it. No, this is not my year to act. This is God's year to act. This is not my year to go and give and be a blessing. We are, we are saying, God, I want to receive. Start acting on my behalf. Start acting in my world. Anybody want this year? to be God's year to act in your business, in your home, in your city, in your children's life. Oh, come on. Anybody believing this is God's year to act? We're not fasting for our year to act. We're receiving God's year to act. But Jesus walks in and he goes, I, I, I know why God's spirit is on me. I know why. I know why. I know my purpose. Hey, if, you're, if you're a prisoner, God wants to set you free. But notice what he says. I'm here for the burden and the battered, that they would have freedom. Can I ask you today, are you more burdened and battered than you are healed and delivered? Are you dealing with things that, you're, that are tying down your soul, that you're tethered to? Maybe it is an addiction like this young man Ryan used to deal with. Maybe it's an old relationship. Maybe you're addicted to a substance. Maybe it's a thinking pattern that's really dysfunctional. Maybe you have a bad self-image and a bad self-view. You know the thing that's so fascinating to me about Christians, why is it that all of us, again, let's go back to last week, we know God, but so few of us find freedom. Where is the gap? Why is this a dysfunction that we know God on Sunday, but we're back to our bad habits and our, our addictions on Monday? Why is there a discrepancy? Where does this come from? God is so passionately committed to your freedom that God says, I do, not, I do not want you to just know me. I want you to find freedom. Let's put to bed your yesterdays. Let's put to rest your old you. All things have passed away. All things have become new. You are not a slave to sin. You are not a slave to what you used to do. You are not a slave to your old past. Anybody thankful today that you can put to bed the old you and you can start fresh this year? Come on. It's a new year. It's a new you honey boo boo God is passionately committed Moses knew he goes come on um, Pharaoh you let him go let us go no more God is so committed watch what God does in the Old Testament Pharaoh won't listen so what does he do he sends them plagues locusts and flies and darkness and blood in the water and even so far as to kill the firstborns of the Egyptians without blood on the, on, the, on the front of the doorpost. God is committed. He goes to the extra length for freedom. In the New Testament, he sends Jesus. And this length is even greater than a bunch of plagues. He hung his one and his only son on the cross that by the blood of Jesus, we have been set free from all brokenness, all battery, all addiction, all torment. Come on, anybody thankful today that he went to such great lengths that he set us free, not in, with plagues, but he set us free with his son. And the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. The Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God's passionate commitment is freedom. But watch what God sets us free for. Write down number two. God does not set us free so we can serve ourselves. God sets us free so we can serve Him. Like, the reason why so many of us miss out on freedom is because, watch this, we come to church on Sunday, it's like, man, I know God, man, I love that song. Oh, come to the altar, pray and reprise. We, we, yeah, I need, I need a miracle in my life. I need job. I need provision. You know, the L.A. Chargers need help mad bad. They pray for that guy that's a Falcon fan. He's lost. Like, 
But like Monday, I'm, I'm free so I can do whatever I want, talk however I want, do whatever I want, say whatever I want, spend however I want. I can live my life because I'm free. I got grace. I got Jesus, so Jesus in me, yeah, I'm not going to hell, so I'm going to heaven. I can do whatever I want. And most of us stay in bondage because you believe that freedom is for yourself. Freedom is a justification for you to act however you want. Freedom is not for yourself. Freedom is a freedom under God. What did Moses say? He said, Pharaoh, let my people go that they may come out into the wilderness and they can worship me. They can have a feast to me. They can serve me. God did not give you freedom so you can just be free under yourself. God gave you freedom so you can be free to love Love him, know him, worship him, serve him. That is true freedom. The world wants to offer you a freedom that will always lead to bondage. The world wants to give you a freedom that will actually keep you enslaved. But God gives you a freedom that leads you straight to him. You know true freedom because it always leads you into a better relationship with God. Now watch here. We're going to read uh, Romans chapter 6. This is so important. Paul the apostle, the great apostle Paul, gives us this book. It's a letter to a church in a city called Rome. In this letter, he is, he is explaining to us what justification and the righteousness of God is. He's explaining to the church in Rome, guys, you are not righteous because of your behavior. You are now righteous because of Jesus. Paul says things like this to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. He's explaining what true righteousness and true justification looks like. Now, in the chapter 6, Paul begins to talk about the difference between a freedom that leads to hurt and a freedom that leads to God. Watch what he says here in Romans 6 about true freedom that is in Christ. He goes, um, so since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live in any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do um, anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. All your life's You've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you're starting to listen to a new master. Somebody say amen. One whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. Oh, I don't know about you, but thank God that those verses are there for our lives. Come on, anybody think that the Bible's got good preaching right there? You hear what Paul's saying? He's saying this freedom's not for us to do whatever we want, act however we want. No, when I get free, it's I'm making the decision to say, God, in my freedom before you, I choose your freedom. I choose your lifestyle. I choose, it. you know what real freedom is? Freedom is just saying yes to God over and over again. Saying, I'm saying yes to him yesterday. I said yes to him today. I'm gonna say yes to God tomorrow. Yes to, yes to your ways. Yes to your plans. Yes to your thoughts. Yes to your lifestyle. I am thankful today that my freedom is not under myself so I can do whatever I want, act however I want, spend however I want, live however I want. I have a freedom that is unto God. Say, well, how do I know the difference of a freedom that's unto myself or a freedom that's unto God? I, I can always tell the difference. Because write down number three. God's freedom leads to no regrets. 
That's the difference. God's freedom leads when you do it God's way, you have no regrets. I'll tell you right now, I never regret tithes and offerings and giving to God. I have zero regrets. I will never regret being a part of a connect group and connecting with other people in our church and having dialogue about my faith. I will not regret it. I will never regret being sexually pure and keeping myself before the Lord in purity. I will not, I might regret sleeping around, but I would never regret keeping myself pure before the Lord. I will never regret being a servant of God. I will never, I will never regret doing doing it God's way. You know true freedom when it leads to no regrets. That's God's ways. That's God's thoughts. Hashtag no regrets. How you know it's freedom? You never regret it. I never regret doing it God's way. I never regret the way the Bible says to live life. I never regret. It actually brings more freedom. And the Bible says in Hebrews 12, be careful because sin, it so easily entangles us. The thing about freedom is so fascinating to me started thinking about this earlier this morning. The thing about freedom that's very tricky is you can be free for one season and then get entangled the next season. You can be free for a while and then all of a sudden you're in bondage and you're burdened and it happens that fast, doesn't it? And then one month later you go, how did I get in bondage to fill in the blank? I always know true freedom in God because it leads to no regrets. Let me just paint the picture this way. Like if I have the desire to do something and then I get the ability to do something, and the opportunity presents itself, the only way I can tell if it's true freedom is the result of the decision. So just because I get desire to do something doesn't mean anything. Just because I have the ability to go out and spend or involve myself, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Or the opportunity presents itself. By the way, opportunities are tricky because just because it's a good opportunity doesn't mean it's a God opportunity. So, so you have to be careful. The way I can tell it's from God is at the end of it, I have no regrets. Let, let, let me just explain a little bit further. If I go and I'm like, man, I want to go, I want to jump out of an airplane. Now, Mexicans, we don't normally do this, so please just follow along. This is a, using your imagination. But people are like, are you going to do this? Do, you, do I look like I jump out of planes? And so, so, so if I want to go, I have the desire to go to the airport and jump out of an airplane. I go there and I take the instructions. I take the class. So now I have the ability. I know how to do this. So I get up in the airplane, me and a few other people, and, and the guy looks at me and says, okay, it's your turn. You go ahead and jump. So I got my opportunity to do this. So I had desire, I have ability, and now my opportunity. But let's say I jump out and my, my string doesn't work or for whatever reason something goes wrong and it doesn't work out and I have regret. The difference between the world's regret and living freedom in God is that God will always give you desire, he'll give you ability, he'll give you opportunity, and you have no regrets for the thing that you just decided to do. Anybody thankful today that God has a life for you to live that has no regrets, you've got peace on your pillow. You've got understanding in God. Come on, y'all make some more noise than that if you're thankful that God does not want you to live with a whole bunch of regrets. I regret that one night. I regret that one relationship. I regret that spending thing that I, that spree I went on. The way that you know you're free in God is you live a life of no regrets. So I just want to, I want to ask you, this is my last and final thought to you today. Would you write down I just want to ask you a question. Are you really free? Let me just ask you today. Church, 12 p.m. Actually, now it's 107 p.m. to be exact. Are, are, are you really free? Because I, I know a lot of us, we know God, and that's, we come to church and we sing songs, and maybe you know a few Bible verses, and 
you know a lot about God, but, but have you stepped into the second step of finding freedom? How devastating would it be if freedom was available to you and you never took it? Why would you stay in bondage and stay under the old way of living when freedom is beckoning you and calling you into true grace? You say, well, how do I find true freedom? It's interesting to me, the Bible explains in James chapter 5 how we find true freedom. Watch here on the screens how James writes out how true freedom from our past and our sin can happen. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So the Bible's teaching us that the way that we get healed from our past and we get healed from our sin, the way we get healed from the things that we've gone through is we confess our sin. Maybe the Catholic Church is onto something when there was confession and confessional time where you and I, we need to clean out our conscience and come clean with some stuff. We need to confess our sin. Most of us don't find true freedom because we're hiding so many secret sins. Can I encourage you, church? You are only as sick as your secrets. When was the last time you came clean? Oh, I, I, I love this. Uh, Pastor Barbara, who helps me a lot with my teaching, she wrote me this wonderful uh, quote. She said, now, fess, if you mess up, fess up so you can clean up and grow up. Now, let me say it again. I love that. If you mess up, it's easy. Fess up so you can clean up and you can grow up. Most of us stop at just knowing God because we don't ever fess up and so we can clean up and we can grow up. But I'm, I'm believing that at Zoe Church, we will build a community where this is a safe place to make mistakes. This is a safe place to confess your sins. No one in this place is perfect. No one here is without blemish. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And I believe that today we can start connect groups and start real community and live in authenticity where you can say, you know what? I blew it. And people say, well, how did you blow it? I was tempted. What were you tempted at? I got on the internet and I saw the LA charges and I almost rooted for them, but I said no. Thought it was funny, sorry. <laughs> but I'm believing that we'll live in a community that's filled with grace, that filled with an opportunity to confess our sins to one another. Not that, listen, our theology is that, it's not that when I confess my sins, God finally forgives me. Because that is a terrible thought. Jesus has already forgiven my past sins, my present sins, and my future sins. It's not that once I confess my sin, now I get forgiveness. You already done been forgiven. The blood of the lamb already covered that mistake. But it's so that your conscience can get healed. Your soul can get cleansed. When you and I start confessing our sins, all of a sudden we get washed from unrighteousness. We get washed from our filthiness and all of a sudden we get free once again don't we you can stay entangled you can stay bound you can stay tethered to that thing or you can just talk about it and get free I don't know about you but I do not want to be a husband or a father that's bound to addiction and bound to so much sin and when 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 the opportunity to become free is sitting right in front of me and how is it sitting in front of me it's sitting in front of me in the community that I live in with people that I can be honest and authentic with somebody say amen Come on, let's applaud and thank the Lord if you believe that this morning. Worship team, you can come join me. I just, I'm, please forgive me. Forgive the, 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 the veins and the, the, the one that comes out of my forehead. I know he's popping out. And, and forgive the, the, the loudness. I, 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 this is my passion. My passion is that we would not have a church that just knows God or knows a lot about God. Why, why would we stoop ourselves into stopping at knowing God when God has invited us into finding freedom. I, knew, I know too many Christians that are addicted. 
I know too many believers that are bound and broken. I know too many people that think that they're free when they're not free. They're free to themselves, but they're not free to God. Now, I'm believing that we can build a community and we can live a life that we could literally walk up out of our bondage. The Israelites, finally, Pharaoh, after the last plagues, like, you guys, get out of here. And they come walking out and they're free and they start wandering in the wilderness. And you know, the Bible says that when they get free from Egypt, they get out of Egypt and now they're free. But for some reason, they keep going, oh man, wish we could go back to Egypt. Hashtag throwback Thursday. Those were the days. Man, the melons back in Egypt. Yo, man, remember the radio station? Remember how we used to feel? Those were the good old days. And they got out of Egypt, but they couldn't get the Egypt out of them. I wonder how many of us, you're free from this thing, but you haven't gotten this thing out of you. God wants to free you. He wants to heal you. He wants to deliver you. And God's freedom, it starts with you saying, yes. Yes, I want it. Yes, I desire it. Yes, I'll pursue it. Come on, am I preaching to anybody in the 12 p.m. that wants to experience the freedom that is in Christ? If he said it to Pharaoh, let my people go, what is God shouting to in your world saying, let them go? You let them go, alcohol. Let them go, pornography. Let them go, bad relationship. You let my people go. If God was shouting in Exodus, he's still shouting it today. There is nothing about the heart of God that wants you to be bound and broken and addicted and limping along. What is it? What kind of a God would just want you to know him but not experience the liberty and the joy whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where his spirit is, there is freedom. Oh, come on, Zoe Church. If you want to experience true freedom, come on, just a clap and applaud and thank the Lord for true freedom in Jesus. I just, please hear me. I'm not interested whatsoever in building a fake community that acts like everything's fine when it's really not. But what if you and I got honest? What if you and I start saying, you know what, to be honest, I'm not free from this thing and I don't know how to get free, but I'm going to just come to Jesus and say, Jesus, I think you've got the power and you're the answer and I've been messing up, so now I'm fessing up. Because I know I need to clean up so I can grow up. You will never walk in your God-given potential until you find freedom. You will never become the person God has designed you to be until you find freedom. It's not that freedom makes you better than other people, but when you're not free, you're timid, you're held down, you're plagued, you're bound and tethered to something that's got a hold of you. And today the Spirit of the Lord is speaking into your heart, speaking into your life, saying, I, I, I died on the cross so you can be free from this thing. I died on the cross so you wouldn't be a slave to this thing. You are no longer a slave to unrighteousness, but now in the name of Jesus, you are a slave to righteousness. Oh, as for me and my house, that's what I want. Anybody else? Come on, anybody want to live in the freedom that's in Christ Jesus, the freedom that's been presented to us? I'm believing it. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. Come on, say it with me. I'm free at last. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.